Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Let's stay standing as I read the Word of the Lord. In Genesis 41.1, it says, After two whole years, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing by the Nile. And then jump down to verse 9. Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, I remember my offences today when Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put me and the chief baker in custody in the house of the captain of the guard. We dreamed on the same night, he and I each having a dream with its own interpretation. A young Hebrew was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. When he told him, he interpreted our dreams to us giving an interpretation to each man according to his dream. And as he interpreted to us, so it came about. I was restored to my office and the baker was hanged. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph and they quickly brought him out of the pit. And when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came in before Pharaoh. Lord, we just lift up this morning to you. I pray as I I speak the Word of the Lord that it is Your words, not mine. I pray You tell me when to speak. You tell me when to stop. Lord, Holy Spirit, reside in this place and translate what needs to be translated. I pray that these words do not fall on deaf ears, but this is the Word of the Lord. This is a living Word that has the power to change. So Lord, speak this morning to each of us. Reveal to us what you need to be, what we need revealed. And we just worship you in this place. We just thank you for who you are, for what you have done, what you are doing, and what you are going to do. Because you were the same yesterday, today, forever. And all the saints said, Amen. Come on, let's give our God a shout of praise. The title of my message today. Are you ready? What's the time, Mr. Wolf? You can take a seat. Turn to the person next to you and say, What's the time, Mr. Wolf? Yes, I work in childcare. I am so excited for this morning. Uh, welcome to church. If you are new or a guest with us, I just want to give you a, a warm welcome. I'm so glad that you've joined us uh, this morning. Uh, my name's Ben, and I'm one of the pastors here at Elevation. Elevation Hills. And if this is your first time, if you are a visitor today with us, you have joined us in our series, Future. You've actually joined us on the last week of our series, Future. And through this series, we've been talking about the life of Joseph. Now, the life of Joseph is full. There is so many things that we can talk about. So we can't actually talk about all the things that we want to talk about. But you can find the story of Joseph from uh, Genesis 37 all the way through to Genesis 50. So I encourage you, uh, it's only 14 chapters, it's not very long, read it, uh, because as you read it, it will help you to understand more of what we are talking about and what God wants to speak to you about. And obviously we're starting our next series next week, so you have seven days, 14 chapters, two chapters a day. Not very hard. If any of you complete it, come and tell me next week. And you'll get a prize. But I'm not going to tell you what that prize is because 
then I have to do that. I'm joking. Uh, so yeah, come tell me next week if you do that. But it is only 14 chapters and it will help you. But if you are unfamiliar with this story of Joseph, let me give you like the quick version. Let me give you the spark notes. Like in high school, when you had an exam coming up, but you didn't read the book. So you had to read the book on the book called the spark notes. I didn't actually know about this. My wife had to tell me about these things because uh, I did read the books. Um, I'm joking. I did never read any book. I, anyway, but uh, these are the Spark Notes version of the story of Joseph. Are you ready? I'm, I'm going to get through it quick, so I hope you guys can keep up. So Joseph, he was the youngest of uh, 10 brothers, and he was favoured by his father. His father gave him a Technicolor Dreamcoat, which is where we get the musical, Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat, right? Has anyone seen that musical? Awesome. Like 10% of us. Great. But so he gave, he was favored by his father. And then he had a dream. He had a dream where he said his brothers would one day bow down to him. If my younger brother said, one day you're going to bow down to me, I would be like, I don't think so. You know what I'm saying? Don't think so. That's not how we roll in this house. And then David, uh, sorry, Joseph has the gall to have another dream where he says, it's not just going to be my brothers, it's also going to be my mother and my father. At this point, Joseph's brothers are very annoyed, right? They're, they're like, no, 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 this is not what's going on in this house. And then his father, Jacob, then rebukes him and says, we don't do that here, right? So then Joseph's brothers decide, you know what we're going to do? We're going to sell him. Sell him into slavery. So they sell him to these merchants and they take uh, Joseph from Canaan, which is what we would call modern-day Palestine or Israel, all the way down to Egypt. And then they sell him to Potiphar. So he starts working in Potiphar's house, right? He starts working in Potiphar's house. And then Potiphar's wife is, is attracted to Joseph and then tries to have his way. And Joseph says, not today, Satan, right? Not today, not today, devil. So then Potiphar's wife then accuses Jacob false, uh, Joseph falsely of rape. So he is then thrown into prison, right? It's just one bad thing after one bad thing for this guy, right? So he's th thrown into prison and he's just, he's in prison. He doesn't know, he doesn't have an end, end date. He's just in prison probably for the rest of his life. So he's there waiting and then one day, this cupbearer and this baker also join him in prison, right? So they're in prison, and then one day they have these dreams. And Joseph said, oh, my God can actually interpret your dreams. So he interpreted the cupbearer's dream that in three days he'll be restored back to power, and then he interpreted the baker's dream that in three days he'll be killed. And then after three days, both of these dreams come to pass, and before the cupbearer goes back into power, Joseph says to him, don't forget me. Remember me. Remember me as you go back to Pharaoh. And this is where we're going to pick up the story today. So today we are talking about God's timing. We're going to be talking about God's timing. And God's timing can be really confusing. And if you've been a Christian for any amount of time, you've probably heard this word thrown around. You know, oh, I've just been praying for this thing, but you know, it's all in God's timing. Or, 
you, you've just been going after this dream, going after this dream, but you've kind of been disappointed. So you kind of go, oh, you know what? It's all God's timing. Sometimes we use this word or this phrase, God timing, not in the positive sense, but in a negative sense that we've been disappointed and it hasn't come to pass in our time. So it must be God's time. So what does God's timing actually mean? What is this thing called God's timing that we always talk about, but we probably don't really comprehend? So in the Bible, there are two Greek words that we translate as time. The first one is chronos. Chronos is an extent or a quantity of time. It's, fixed, it's a fixed period. So one day, one week, one year, one month, these are chronos times, right? So this is where we get words like chronology. This is where we get words like chronicles. So it is a fixed period of time. It's a quantity of time. The other word that we translate as time is kairos. Kairos time. And this is not a quantity of time, but a quality of time. And other translations can be the proper time, or the ordained time, or the right time, or as that Christianese word we love to use, seasons. Right? I'm just going into a new season right now. Man, when I like, came to Elevation, that word was used a lot, and I had no idea what it meant. I was just like, winter? Like, is it going to be better on the other side of winter? I don't know what you're talking about. But this is what we are talking about when we're talking about seasons. It is a God time. It is a fixed period of time that may not uh, be what we expect it to be in Kronos time. See, even Jesus had to, had to work within Kairos time. And we see this in John. In John 7, 6, he says, Jesus said to them, my Kairos has not yet come, but your Kairos is always here. And then in verse 8, you go up to the feast. I'm not going to go up to the feast. So Jesus is telling them, go up to Jerusalem because I'm not going to go up to Jerusalem because when I go up to Jerusalem, they'll capture me and they'll kill me. But my Kairos has not yet come. And then in verse 30, it says, So they were seeking to arrest him, but no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. And what I find so funny, like just with these three verses alone is so much theology, right? Because Jesus, when he's saying my time, he's talking Kairos. But then as soon as it gets to verse 30 and it's the author talking, he's talking in Kronos time. His hour had not yet come. But we, have don't, we don't have time to talk about that today. But I just find that so interesting. And if that is something that interests you, if you want to go a little bit deeper in theology or doctrine, please come and talk to me after the service because we do have some exciting things coming up in Elevation. But this is the difference between Kairos and Kronos. And I thought, what better way to help us understand the difference between Kairos and Kronos is to play a game. What's the time? Mr. Wolf. So I'm going to ask two volunteers, and by volunteers, I mean two people that I have not told, uh, and they're just going to come up and be really nice about it. Callum, where are you? He was here. Oh, he's run out. Well, why Callum comes? And Cooper, come on. If you haven't met Cooper, this guy... Man, he's, a, he's an, not an evangelist in training. He is an evangelist already. He goes out into the streets and he's preaching the Word of God like no other. I honestly, I, I, I look up to this guy just because, 
look up to this guy, just, just for the heart he has for Jesus and he wants other people to know Jesus. But right now he's going to play What's the Time, Mr. Wolf. And Callum, can you, yeah, I need you on platform, man. So Cooper, can you stand here for me? And then Callum, you're up over here. Over here. And you're going to be the wolf. Okay? And then Cooper, you're going to be the one that says What's the Time, Mr. Wolf. You ready? But we're going to help them. You ready? What's the time? It's 12 o'clock. I'm so glad they know how to play the game. Oh, bang. Straight away. He got it. Awesome. Let's reset. Go back to the start. All right. Can you... Perfect. No, no, that's where you start. That's all good. All right. Ready? What's the time? One. What's the time? What's the time? Man, this could be going on for a very long time. Right, but what we see here, right, is in both examples, Cooper had the same distance that he had to move, right? He had the same distance that he had to move, Kairos time. But in both examples, it took him a different amount of time according to how Callum called him towards his goal. All right, let's give it up for these guys. So that is the difference between Kairos and Kronos. For God's time, it is always the same, but for us, it can work. We, sometimes it can be 12, 12 o'clock, 12 o'clock, awesome, working fast. And sometimes it can be one o'clock, one o'clock, one o'clock. And it, come on. It's like, oh, come on, God. Can't I just have like one, two o'clock? Just one, right? But that's how we sometimes feel uh, God is calling us towards our dream because we live in an instant society, Right? We live in a society that we want everything now. We can get everything we want at the touch of a button. I remember when I was a kid, which admittedly wasn't that long ago, but when I was a kid, if you wanted to watch a TV show, you had to wait until a certain time to watch it. And sometimes it was only once a week. And then the season would end and you'd have to wait a couple months before it comes out again. But now you can get anything you want, whenever you want, at the touch of a button. My son, Luca, he loves Paw Patrol. And when he wants to watch Paw Patrol, he knows exactly what episode he wants, right? There's nine seasons, but for some reason, he knows the exact episode he wants. He's like, not that one, not that one. I want the one with the race cars. It's like, there's only one episode with race cars. How do you want that one episode, right? And if we, can't, if we don't understand what he wants, he's just like, swipe, swipe, swipe. Swipe. I swear I don't know where he got this from, but he just swiped. Swipe that one. That's the one I want. We can get everything as soon as we want it. And even Amazon, it now has next day delivery. I remember when we had to, had to do lay-by. Does anyone remember lay-by? Come on. You, you found the thing that you want. You then took it out the back and you gave it to them. And you're like, yeah, I'll pay it off in a couple of months. I'll be back in like six months to pick up what I want. But now we can get everything at a touch of a button straight away. And even if you don't have the money to buy it, there's companies that can help you out. We live in a society that gets everything as soon as we want. And then we take that worldview and we place it on God. 
We expect everything to happen instantaneously. We, have it, we expect everything to happen as soon as we want it. God said it, so he will do it. But he's not going to do it straight away. We have to wait within God's timing, even if it doesn't uh, look like Kronos time. So what can we learn from Joseph's story about God's timing? Number one, God's timing may not be about you. Now for Jacob, it took him 11 years just to get to the point of the cupbearer, right? It took him 11 years of learning things. It took him 11 years of character development. He was a child when he left Canaan and he was a little bit of an arrogant child, right? You're going to bow down to me. Probably need to work that out before you then bow down to them, right? But he, he had stuff that he had to work through. But what we see in Genesis 40 verse 23, yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. Chapter 41, after two whole years. Between the time the cupbearer was put back into power and the time that he remembered Joseph, we have no stories of Joseph. Joseph was the person that God needed him to be. He was the same person in chapter 40 when he interpreted the cupbearer's dream as he was in chapter 41 when he interpreted the Pharaoh's dream. He was the same person, yet for two years he had to wait. Why? Because God wasn't waiting on him. God was moving everything else around him. God was moving the situation. He was moving the circumstances around him. So Joseph was able to step into the call that God had on his life. He had to wait until the situation was right. And maybe that's how you feel right now. One o'clock. One o'clock. Zero o'clock. One o'clock. And you're just like, come on, God. You promised me this, but I just don't see you working. I just don't don't see what is going on in my life that I'm moving closer to what you've called me to. But I just need, I need you to know today that God is always, always moving. He is always working. And we sing that song, Waymaker. Even when we don't feel it, you're working. Even when we don't see it, you're working. Because He never stops. He never stops working. That is who our God is. He's always in the background, moving pieces. He's always in the background, changing the circumstance for us to be able to step into our dream, for us to be able to step into His purpose for our life. What if the cupbearer remembered Joseph straight away? What if as soon as the cupbearer went back into power, he remembered Joseph? Straight away, he's like, oh, by the way, Pharaoh, there was this guy, he interpreted my dream, he was really cool. King does like, let him go or something. Imagine if Joseph in that place was able to be free. Imagine if that place, in that circumstance, Joseph was able to step out of prison. The Pharaoh hadn't had his dream yet. The seven years of plenty was still two years away. The seven years of uh, little was nine years away. The circumstances were not right for Joseph to step out. The circumstances were not right for Joseph to fulfill his God dream. So if he was freed instantly, Matthew Henry says he probably just would have gone home. 
He probably just would have gone back to his parents. It's been 11 years. We also find out later on in Genesis that his brothers regret what they did to him. They want Joseph to come back, but they don't know where Joseph is. So he probably would have just gone back home. He just would have reconciled with his parents, reconciled with his brothers and lived his life on a farm. He would have never stepped into the God dream because the situation had not been moved for him to step into. It's like chess, right? Just because you have the winning move, you don't play it first, right? This is the winning move, bang. But all the pawns are still in the way. It's just a really bad first move. Like God is always moving the other pieces and we have to wait until all the pieces are in the right place for us to do that winning move, for us to move that piece into the right place so we can say checkmate, so we can say that dream is coming to life. That dream that God has promised you will come to fruition. Because you know what's crazy? When Joseph stepped into power, when Joseph was stepped into the second in command over all of Egypt, it was still nine years before his dream came to pass. Because his dream wasn't that he would be in power. His dream was that his brothers would bow down to him. So even when he stepped into power, he was still on his way to his dream. It was 22 years from the time he was sold into slavery to the time his dream came to pass. If God told you today exactly what your dream was, exactly what your purpose was, exactly what your future was, but then said, but it's going to take 22 years to get there. Hands up, who's going to be happy about that? Yeah, I'm glad. Man, the wait, having to wait 22 years in Kronos time, that sucks. That's hard. But it's all God's timing because God is the one moving us towards our dream. God is the one moving the pieces into the right place for us to be able to step into our God dream. So God's timing may not be about you, but God's timing can also appear fast on the outside, but it rarely is. Genesis 41, 14, Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they quickly brought him out of the pit. And when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came in before Pharaoh. Verse 40, You shall be over my house, and all my people shall order themselves as you command. Only as regards to the throne will I be greater than you. Imagine being one of Pharaoh's servants or one of Pharaoh's captains. This guy just came out of nowhere. In one day, he went from prison to power. Imagine being one of those captains that every day you're just working towards, you're working, you're trying to work your way up the ladder, you're trying to get better. You're never going to be Pharaoh, but you're, gonna try, you're trying to get as close to Pharaoh as possible. Then all of a sudden, within a day, this guy just comes out of nowhere and takes it from you. They would have been like, this guy got a luck. He was pretty lucky. He was in the right place at the right time. Everything went right for him. But they didn't see the 13 years of pain. They didn't see the 13 years of, of trials. They didn't see the 13 years of abandonment. They didn't see that his brothers sold him into slavery. They didn't see that he was wrongfully accused. For 13 years, Joseph was moving towards his dream. And in an instant, it changed. And sometimes we can be just the same. Where we are working towards our dream 
And then we see someone else just come out of nowhere and take their dream. We're like, whoa, I want some of that Kairos time. I want some of that God time. I want to be, I want to be changed in an instant. I, want, I just want to go from where I am to where God's called me right now. But we don't see the years of heartbreak. We don't see the years of trials. We don't see the years of people putting aside other things so they can follow the call of God. God's time is rarely fast, but it is always a journey. We see the dream being outworked, but we don't see the dream being worked towards. So here's the question. If God's timing is maybe not about you, if God's timing is probably going to be a while, what are you doing in the wait? What are you doing in the wait? In Genesis 39, 20, it says, And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favour in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was done in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. In whatever Joseph did, he succeeded. Why? Because the Lord was with him. Joseph wasn't only looking towards the future, towards the dream that he was called to. He was looking to God. He was looking to the things that were placed in his hand in that moment. And he did them faithfully for the glory of God. He did everything in his path. And everything that he did succeeded because God was with him. See, both in power over Egypt and in power in the prison, Joseph was in the will of God. He was no more in the will when he stepped into power or no more less in the will when he was in prison. In both of these places, he was directly where God wanted him. And in chapter 45 and chapter 50, we find out that Joseph says, you know what? Brothers, you didn't send me to Egypt. God did. What you meant for evil, God meant for good. And I saved the nation. And that might be where you are right now. You're like saying, God, why, why am I here? Well, what does it say in Luke 16, 10? One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who's dishonest in very little is also dishonest in much. Why would God give us much if we can't even handle a little? If we are always looking to the future and we're not doing what God has placed in our hands, we'll never get to the future. Right? Imagine if Joseph, when the cupbearer said, I have a dream, and Joseph just said, well, I'm waiting for my brothers to bow down to me. So I can't interpret your dream right now. Imagine if when the Pharaoh called him out and said, here's my dream. And Joseph replied with, you know, I'm kind of a big deal. My father, he's going to bow down to me. So that's what I'm waiting for. 
uh, can't interpret your dream right now. I'm just waiting for that to happen. He would never have found favor with the cupbearer. He would never have found favor with Pharaoh. He would never have stepped into the place which he was able to fulfill his dream that God called him because he was not faithful in the little. But because he was faithful in the little, God gave him much. Because he was faithful with whatever God placed in front of him, he was able to move closer and closer to the dream God had given him. So we can acknowledge in hindsight that everything that Joseph went through was God's will. Everything that Joseph went through was God's plan. But we have to remember he was in prison. He was not where he wanted to be. He was not where he thought he would be. He was not where he thought he should be or deserved to be. He was not where he imagined he thought he could even fulfill the dream that God had given him. But in that place, he was faithful. In that place in prison, he did everything for the glory of God. So what are you doing in your way? Are you, doing, are you faithful in the little? In everything you do, are you doing for the glory of God? Or are you waiting for the future? Are you waiting for something that potentially might not come because you aren't faithful? See, we can be so fixated on the future that we forsake the now for the next. But if we always forsake the now, the next will never be the now. We must be faithful in the little. We must be faithful with what God has given us. He wasn't waiting for something bigger. He wasn't waiting for something greater. He did everything that God placed in front of him. And why? Because he knew God was with him. How was he able to do this? Because he knew God was with him. He wasn't having encounter after encounter after encounter. This is something that he learned from his father, Jacob. In Genesis 28, Jacob had a dream and he encountered the living God. And God said to him, Behold, I am with you. I will follow you. I will not leave you until I have fulfilled what I have promised. And that is the God that Joseph followed. That is the God that Joseph worshipped. That is the God that Joseph uh, looked to and prayed to and knew he was with him. In that second song, that first line, I call on the God of Jacob, the God that said, I will be with you. I will not forsake you. I'll be with you wherever you go and I will not leave you until I fulfilled what I've promised. That is the God that we follow today. Because He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He is the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. He is the God that said, I will be with you and I will not leave you. And this God that said, I will not leave you and I will not forsake you, He came down to earth. He put on flesh. He walked a perfect life. He died on the cross to pay the debt that we could not pay. He then rose again victorious on the third day. He ascended back to heaven and He sent His Holy Spirit to dwell within us. That is the God that we serve. That is the God that says, I will not leave you until I fulfill what I have promised. 
And that is how we can know that God is with us because we have the Holy Spirit. See, back in the Old Testament, they did not have access to the Holy Spirit the way we do. We, they did not have access to Jesus the way that we do. Only certain people had the Holy Spirit. Only certain people had encounters with God. But today, you can encounter God right now. Today, you can hear the voice of God. You can hear the dream that God has had for you and you can be filled with the Holy Spirit today because that is a God we serve. So we could all stand. We're going we're gonna to worship in song again. But before I do, I believe there's people in this place that don't know this Jesus or are far from this Jesus. The one that said, I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. I will not do anything until I fulfilled what I've promised. Because we are sinners separated from God. But because of what Jesus did on the cross, we come back into relationship with our Father. And we can be filled with the Holy Spirit and we can know that God is with us always. We can know that wherever we go, in whatever we do, God will always be with us. God will push us towards our purpose. God will push us towards our dream because He is with us. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. So with eyes closed, if you don't know this Jesus, this one that died to save you from a life in hell, this God that came down and put on flesh because He loved you so much. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. And this is love that He sent His Son. If you don't know this Jesus, or if you're far from this Jesus, if you want to come back into relationship, if you want to start this journey towards knowing this Jesus, this one that has a plan and a purpose for your life and He will never leave you and He will never forsake you and you don't have to work towards being in relationship to Him, He says the door is open. You just have to say yes. With eyes closed, if that is you, if you want to know more about this Jesus, if you want to come into relationship with Him, I just ask you to boldly raise your hand right now. I just ask you to raise it up, not so that we can point you out, but just so we can know who we're praying with. If that's you, if you, I just, as I look over once. So good. I believe there are people in this place that have made that decision today. And it's not about putting your hand up. It's about a choice. It's about a decision. It's about a decision that you have made in your heart. So we're going to pray for you right now. We're going to pray that... Um, that God just fills you right now. God gives you that dream. God speaks to you right now. So Lord, we just pray right now for this, these people that, that, that they want to give their life to you, Lord. We pray that you just come down and they encounter you right now. That you fill them with your Holy Spirit. That they, that you give them the, the dream that you have got for them. Lord, I just pray blessing over these people. In Jesus' name, amen.